guys, it's Lone Wolf here, and I want to try something new. Um, by that, um, I want to play a little game of Would You Rather. Every single episode from now on, hopefully, um, I will start off the episode off with a Would You Rather, and then I can get off topic from there, or if I'm doing an episode of having a conversation with. Um, again, I'm gonna start with a would you rather because fun conversation started, am I right? So, there are gonna be four of these. So, would I rather work every day as a well paid garbage collector or work every day doing research in a shark cage in an ocean teeming with ferocious sharks? Work every day as a well paid garbage collector because I don't wanna die with sharks. Would I rather be stared at all the time or be the butt of the jokes all the time? Be stared at all the time. Um, I feel like I stare a lot at people to where I feel like it's kind of normal for me at this point. So, um, karma, as you would like to call it. I don't mind getting stared at all the time. So, yeah. And I kind of don't want to make fun of because, you know, like, with staring, you can have the interpretation either they like you or they don't like you. With being the butt of the jokes all the time, you can guarantee people are going to make fun of you. So I don't want to be in the middle of that. So, yeah, be stared at. Would I rather go to work when you are ill and possibly infect others? Or stay home and possibly lose clout with your superior. Hmm. For me, I would probably stay home and possibly lose clout with my superior. Because I don't want to overwork myself more than I already am feeling like it. And I just don't want to overwork myself to death because I'll just leave me to be more sick and I would have to stay in more days. So no, I would rather stay home, take care of myself, give myself some TLC and yeah, stay home if you're sick or have Corona. Just stay home if you're sick in general. Just stay home. Stay home in general. But okay. Last would you rather. Would I rather... Given a choice of five mystery items, be forced to eat something you could taste first but not see, or eat something you could smell first but not taste. So I'm giving five mystery items, be forced to eat something that I could taste but not see, or eat something you could smell first but not taste. Smell first but not taste because... Because if I smell something, I already know what it's going to be. And if I lose the power of taste, then it wouldn't really affect me as much. So, yeah. And plus, even if I did eat something that I could taste first but not see, um, I would have to be blindfolded for that. And I already don't, I don't already want to know what I'm going to be eating. So, yeah. And that was the first ever Would You Rather on the Lone Wolf podcast. Every week there will be um shoot. 
every week it will be like this, whether I ask you guys on the podcast or um, ask one of my friends on having a conversation. Um, yeah, so let me know. Would you do one of those? Would you, like, if you had the chance to... Okay, based on the questions I asked you guys today, what would you decide? Let me know because I'm bored and I have a whole stack of cards of would you rather for some weird reason, but that 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 pretty much it. So, um, today's topic is sort of a chill topic, just talking about life because, uh... I'm desperate for content, and that's really not much there is to it. A lot of people um, said that they wouldn't be down to do a having a conversation episode because they are either too busy or... No, that's it. They're, they haven't responded yet because they just haven't. Because I have a personal Instagram, I will still not put it in the description because... It's more of a stalker account, like I said before, so that's why, um, but, yeah, with that being said, um, I'm playing with my Would You Rather cards right now, actually, so, uh, yeah, um, guess I should start, guess I should talk about how I got these Would You Rather cards in the first place, because... You know, who has these stack of would you rather cards lying around for some weird reason. So, uh, these were actually a gift from my former therapist who uh, was supposed to work with me for the all my years in high school. Like, she, like, and this was in junior year too, so the year that I actually needed her the most, she kind of left on me. And it, technically, it wasn't her fault, it was more of my school district's. Because apparently adult stuff happened and they couldn't give her the enough hours to, you know, support her and her job. So she kind of had to leave. I was feeling really, really emotional about it. I thought I wasn't going to be emotional about it. But I ended up doing so, which is weird because I never really... Um, so, yeah, so I ended up being really, really, really emotional that day. Because, you know, like, I'm losing... It, it felt like I was mourning, it, okay, it didn't really feel like I was mourning my grandma because my grandma, you know, like, she was at a point where, like, like, okay, because she, okay, she died when she was, like, 92, right? So, at age 92, it's kind of okay for them to die, if that makes any sense, like, like, okay, 90, mid, like, around 90s age, it's okay for them to die. Because, you know, like, they lived a long life, and, like, you know, like, they're, like, they're at the point where they've seen grandchildren and all that. So, like, okay, this is just my opinion, by the way, um, but yeah, I feel like age 90 is a good, around 90, 90s, maybe 100, it's okay for them to die. Um, yes, this, it, yes, it will be terrible, but, like, by then... Almost everybody had their lives figured out some way, some form or another, but again, this is my opinion. Please take everything I say with a grain of salt. So, yeah, so I wasn't really emotional with my grandma dying because I kind of knew in the back of my head she's going to die at some point, which 
again, love your family because you never know when they are going to say goodbye. But, yeah, so, um, so, yeah, that did not happen in my case because, um, most of my family was feeling emotional, but at the same time they were partying for some weird reason. I don't know. With my grandma's death, as soon as when we were, like, we were done with the funeral, we were all exhausted, I was exhausted and tired. The first thing we did was just celebrated, well, my family celebrated with beer, most of them anyway. I was just flabbergasted on what was going on, but I'm like, okay, I guess. But I know my grandma wanted my whole family to be happy and live out the rest of our lives. So, tangent aside, um, yeah, so my therapist, not the therapist I would normally talk to now, who's helping me through my senior year of school, but like, the therapist... It was a different therapist that helped me freshman and sophomore year. Now, um, yeah, so I would go to her, like, either, like, almost, like, every single week, I would, like, go to her because either to escape reality or just escape my classes in general because I am just dead in, like, I just didn't want to deal with my classes. They were gonna be, they were just overwhelming me to pieces, so I would normally go to her for therapy or just any random counselor who would be just be there to listen. And I'm like, okay, because, you know, since I'm tech, since because I have um, issues that I'm not sure if I already speak about already, but, um, so I have autism. Ha, huh. fun fact, I have autism because my, I was born premature based on what my parents said. And because of my parents' history of drinking and smoking, more so than my dad, than my mom. I mean, she did had, she still drinks alcohol, just not beer. But like, I know my dad had a severe case of it, and I was has type two diabetes, so that's what I'm trying to avoid. But yeah, so that's how I I I believe that's how I got autism because of my premature state, my family's history of diabetes and beer and all that so that's why so i have autism making me eligible for the iep program that every single school has why won't these cards go in oh no um so yeah because of my iep status i had the opportunity to there we go um to go see a therapist because my school works that way. So I meet her for the first time. Seemed like a nice lady. I'm like, okay, I'm willing to talk to this person. It, um, she was practically my support system throughout high school because I kind of trusted her more than any of my teachers that I had. Um, not to throw shade on my teachers, but like, she was my complaining punch bag, to put it bluntly. Like, all I needed was just someone there who I could like I felt comfortable talking to because even though that I I'm like sure like why can you talk to your teachers uh for one thing I'm I was trying to avoid favoritism because favoritism as you know has a negative reputation in high school or any type of school life in general favoritism um yeah so just favoritism in general I was I half the reason was I was trying to avoid that and like I felt like 
like I just didn't want I just don't want to deal with favoritism, plain and simple. And I'm aware that it exists. Don't at me. But with that being said, I was just like in, uh, in it, and even my mom asked me, Hey, why don't you talk to your teachers? And I'm like, I tried. But then I also realized favoritism also exists. So I'm like, nah, no thank you. But so here we are. So she was kind of like the only other person I would turn to. Um, maybe my case manager, but then I kind of completely forgot her schedule. So that's why. So yeah, because of autism, I have that ability to ditch school whenever I want, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I had to keep up with my grades, no duh, but like, if anything, like, because I get overwhelmed unexplainably easy to where I just needed a, like, I needed a ditch period. I needed a free period. I needed a free period, but you know, high school won't let you have that, so here we are. I'm talking about this. So, yeah, so because my therapist then you know she helped me and all that so like i'm like okay so i thought to myself junior year it's the year where like people say it's the hardest year i'm like okay this is the year i'm gonna need her the most by that like um like you know like i needed a lot of support on like mentally like because junior year like everything matters and all that which you know kind of worked to my advantage because of corona but um yeah, so, like, okay, junior year, let's go, let's, let's get this, let's get, let's get this through, and then all of a sudden, she, like, on, um, September, September 11th, why I remember that date specifically is because, okay, I was in my history class first period, not knowing, like, we were, like, my teacher, um, they were discussing about, you know, uh, 9-11, because, of course, on September 11th, you have to talk about 9-11, and, uh, so that happened, and that's also the day when my therapist, that was also my therapist's last day, so a couple weeks before she told me all this, and... As soon as when I heard about it, I just started to ball out crying. Like, I didn't want to go back to class, but at the same time, I kind of had to go back to class because I didn't want to get in trouble by security. So, me being the goody two-shoes that I am, I'm like, let's go back to class. But then I, en I ended up breaking down on both my classes to where, like, by fourth period, I was like, hey, I, tell I texted my friend, hey, I'm feeling really emotional right now. I can't go to class. I don't want to cry in class anymore because it happened to me twice in a row. My teachers kind of noticed this because they just did. Like, they took me outside. I'm like, I tried to get myself back together, but in the in but for some reason, my body was just like, cry, just cry. All the stress you need, you need to cry. To where I'm like, by sixth period, I'm like, I need to pull my bag myself together because it was also the day I took my first ever AP music theory test not the actual AP but like the AP music theory chapter test and I'm like okay I need to get myself back together otherwise I'm dead and I ended up doing so I ended up getting an 8 out of 10 on that day and I was just like ah but yeah because of her leaving I ended up being a bowling mess and I remember that so clearly because for some reason it was also the day 
like, I just remember that day so vividly to where I'm, like, crying for no apparent reason. And, and I didn't know I was going to get that emotional because if you know me in real life or know me at all because of this podcast, I'm a somewhat unemotional person. Like, I don't cry during movies. I don't cry during TV shows. I don't cry over a sad scene. Like, I can't cry over that. But for some reason, I cry over a person who's helped me throughout my high school life getting to where I am today by like not like just able to like de-stressify everything and um yeah saw her last day um I went I okay funny enough I went over to the counseling center at my high school um because like you know it was her last day I wanted to see her one more time and like you know she ended up being there because for some weird reason the people at the counseling center just don't show up when you need them the most, even though, uh, like, you know, you're, like, they're supposed to be there when they need you, but for some reason, they're not there. I don't know, schedules are weird, but, like, I just remember, um, when you see her that day, and, um, I was like, hey, where is she? And they were like, I don't know, but, like, do you want to wait here? And I'm like, sure, I guess. Because, you know, I just really wanted to see her. Which, that costed my attendance, but the attendance doesn't care for me. I knew for a fact the soon, the soon when I was absent on freshman year, or like just sick or whatever, I knew for a fact I was not going to get that car at all. Because apparently if you have perfect attendance, you get a car. And I'm like, nah, I already knew I wasn't going to get it. So, um... That happened, and I was just like, yeah, so because of what happened, I was like, eh, I'm not going to get that car, what's even the point? So I ended up ditching periods after then. Call me a bad person, I don't know, I don't care, I just needed a break from society in general, so, hold up. Okay, now I'm back. Um, but... Yeah, so I ended up, like, you know, it was our last day. I wanted to see her again. And I was just, like, waiting because she wasn't at her office for some reason. So I waited at a bunch of counselors' office before finally getting to see her again. And one of the things we talked about was me being okay with her leaving. And I'm like, cool. Like, I know for a fact that I was, like, really, really, really emotional. So we kind of talked about it and... You know, we kind of said our goodbyes and whatever. And one of the things that she left me was the Would You Rather, which um, which is how I ended up... Uh, yeah, so her parting gift for me, other than the stress balls that she would give me, was... And it's so funny, I lost, I think, one of them. I don't know. I have no idea where my stress balls are at all of a sudden, but she also gave me not only stress balls i don't know she gave me like three a jack-o'-lantern one a world one a globe one and a heart one which i have no idea where those are actually so ah. but uh yeah i'll look for them at some point sooner or later but other and then that and also the fidget spinner because i tend to get fidgety with my hands for some weird reason like like if i don't have something in my hands then i'm just gonna go crazy so she also gave me the fidget spinner Another thing that she also gave me, which explains the would you rather, is the would you rather deck. Where, okay, so, when she was still my therapist, I 
um, she would have these would you rather cards around and I would like pick one out of them because I got curious and asked her hey would you rather questions and we just kind of started a conversation from there because it's a would you rather of course you're going to start a conversation from there and because of how many times I played with the would you rather deck she was like you can keep it and I'm like you sure and I'm like yeah I'm sure and I kept it ever since then which kind of helps for conversation starters because you know it's a would you rather um and all that so yeah that's how I ended up getting the would you rather set and I can't close this what the heck I uh, know um but yeah so starting as of this episode on I'll be starting off with the episode of a would you rather because I find them interesting and it leads to actually interesting results so I can't wait to see how the would you rather will take me um Am I gonna edit all the would you rathers um, into the episodes? Heck no. I've already updated my episodes ever since I decided to do a business email. So, nah. I'm gonna, starting from this episode on, I'm gonna have the would you rathers because, again, interesting results. And, yeah, that is pretty much it. I'm surprised I haven't started crying ever since I talked about it, but, you know, it's been months since, you know, the school was like, we can't support you in your hours anymore, what the heck, and I'm like, you know, it's been a while, I still miss her, but, you know, I'm coping, I have a new therapist now, which I've known for a while, um, he has helped me a lot, and, um, yeah, just, like, honestly, like, I consider a therapist as someone, like, like, you're willingly to complain to. Like, if you... Okay, because with me, with my, you know, with friends, or my age group, and maybe my teachers, like, it's kind of uncomfortable to complain about your problems, too. Because, okay, for me, it's just... It's just hard to complain about things to your friends, especially that it, they might hurt people's feelings and whatnot. But with your therapist, they don't care. They don't care. Um, I mean, yeah, I would joke about him being, having a, not having a green thumb because I would go to, to his office, I play with this dead plant, and I would just point at it and say, dead plant. <laughs> like, a weird kid would say, like, dead plant, and stuff like that, and he knows, um, that his plants are dead, so I'm like... I, we would have a discussion of saying, hey, maybe you should get, like, I don't know, fake plants. That way it doesn't look like a dead greenhouse in here. And, you know, he agrees with me because it felt dry. Because where, okay, because I'm sitting in the chair next to his dead plant. He's, like, right across from me. And, you know, that's that. And I'm just like, yeah, dead plant. Maybe you should, like, get rid of it. So we would make jokes like that. But, um... Yeah, and snacks. Um, I remember my old, my former therapist, as I would like to say, because she's not really my therapist anymore, because of the friggin' school system, but, like, you know, like, she would always give me food to eat, because sometimes we're just hungry. Well, me especially, like, when I'm, like, if there's one thing that causes me stress, it's because of hunger. And I know that from statistics, because every time I can't sleep at night, it's either one, I'm hungry, Two, I'm not sleepy. Three, it's too hot, or I don't know. 
Um, but, yeah, sleep. So, sometimes you just need food to help you feel better, but, again, this is all my opinion. I'm a broken person. Here we go. Um, question of the day, other than the would you rather questions, because I can't wait to hear or see responses from them. Um, question of the day, uh, how do you cope with, mm, shoot, I'm sorry, um, let's see, how do you cope with stress, or you don't cope with it and you just let it take over? Let me know how you deal with stress with my DMs, my email, the voice message, all down below. Um, yeah, just how do you deal with stress? Let me know, so maybe I can use those coping mechanisms to, I don't know, help me in the future. Yeet. Hey guys, I'm back, and, um, I know this is about therapy, well, it's not gonna be about therapy, uh, because I'm like, let's just talk about something that actually makes me, uh, open about okay so um somewhat recently i don't know is a couple of months ago recently no huh but um lately i have been watching disney documentary behind the scenes that sort of stuff um call me weird but like i'm already known as the weird person already so it's even the dang point um, and I thought, you know what, let's talk about it, and if people hate it, then too bad, so sad, I don't care. Um, after all, this is my podcast, I can kind of talk without, I can talk whatever I want, and I don't have to feel judged for it, so, um, there's that. Uh, but, as you see by the title, Howard Ashman and disney sequels what the heck yeah disney has gone a little bit too crazy now to um life kind of sucks especially with covid-19 around um as many of you guys know um disney had to like lay off a ton of their cast members um because you know covid-19 and i'm like great and then i hear news about sequels to live action movies and i'm like why like you're causing enough grief already now um um i saw back in like what august of this year i saw that aladdin was going to get a sequel a sequel to the 2019 love action remake of Aladdin oh okay this causes a lot of problems for a lot of people especially me and this is and I'm talking about Aladdin first because Aladdin is my favorite movie everyone shut up about that huh but um no for real though to to find out that Aladdin the 2019 remake might I add you that already had the perfect conclusion to this movie and then to have a sequel Disney you're going off crazy here and I'm like Aladdin 
the best movie of all time, at least in my opinion, everyone's gonna say, The Lion King is the best movie ever. Huh, the only reason why it's the best movie ever, because of parental death, and it made almost... Well, it helped Disney with box office back in 1992. Okay, that kind of stopped that was the movie of the time before Frozen came out. So, woo, Frozen, Frozen is good. Frozen has a Frozen 2 sequel that also made about $1 billion at the box office. Woo, I don't know why people kind of hated that movie. Woo. No, for real though, I think Frozen 2 is like a really good movie. It's just that there's a lot of stuff that I don't like about it. But like, the only reasons why it's good, because of the soundtrack is good. That's it. That's all I gotta say. Um, mm. Where was I going with that? Oh yeah, live action Disney sequels. Why Disney just, just stop? Just make original content? Um, even better, original animation. I know that Raya of the Last Dragon is probably going to come out in 2022, but like, more animation please. That's literally what saved you from bankrupt in the first place. Animation. Because everyone loves a moving picture. Am I wrong or am I wrong? Debate with me with my social medias down below. But yeah, just to find out that Aladdin, my favorite um movie of all time and its live action counterpart is getting a sequel does not comprehend with me now in the animated version um it was kind of left open-ended um we kind of see that jasmine and aladdin really did not get married they were just together Meaning, Disney was willing to milk out Aladdin as best as they could for three straight films. Oh my gosh. Which, okay, don't get me, I mean, I loved the song, um, Forget About Love, because, like, Iago is just really, really doing his best there in that song, and that's why I love it. And then, Thin Air from... Aladdin, the King of um and the King of Thieves. Um that song was also good because like it tells you guys that they come to this far with their wedding and how like in the animated version for Aladdin, like you can see the growth between Aladdin and Jasmine with the direct two sequel and the series and the other movie. And I get that might be a bad thing. But like Aladdin's story with Jasmine for me um when it comes to love it's more realistic my second favorite Disney couple would have to be um Tiana and Naveen even though they got married like three days after which I kind of find stupid but it's okay I guess and then my third favorite couple would have to be um Flynn and Rapunzel because um, it took them about chronologically, I think three sub. Uh, I'm thinking, um, I think didn't it take them at least? I want to say two, two to three years together, and then they decide, okay, let's get married. Um, 
now that I think about it, I'm gonna switch that. My bad. Um, Eugene and Rapunzel, second place. Um, because, like, I'm sorry, but I See the Light is a really, really good romantic song, okay? Alan Menken is the king of romantic songs. Let's move on. And, like, uh, Naveen and Tiana are, like, a third for me because they got married two days after Mardi Gras or something like that. And Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday. And Fat Tuesday is the day before Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday in Catholic terms mean you're kind of, like, sacrificing. So that's that's a weird, weird, weird time to have a wedding. Because Mardi Gras also happens on Mardi Gras. So, uh, as a Catholic, that just does not add up to me. Yes, I am Catholic. I believe in the Lord, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's move on. So, in case someone's aware. But, uh, yeah, I am, like... This is so unnecessary because, you know, as much as Disney tries to milk out the entire Aladdin animated franchise, at least there's something to look forward to um, with the whole TV series about Jasmine and Aladdin's um, growth in their, in their romance and, like, you know, finally getting to the wedding day versus, you know, Tiana and Naveen three days after they got married. And then, you know, um, Rapunzel and Eugene got a uh, marriage out of it for three three years so there's that but the live action movie was like after when jasmine and aladdin kiss it's straight to the wedding and then it's straight to the reception and then there isn't no growth for that and i'm like i'm glad they finally have a conclusion genie's all happy with dahlia i think that's her name i forgot um so there's that and like to see okay to see that there's going to be a sequel to that movie specifically it's not going to work out i'm calling it right now it's not going to work out because like with aladdin the 2019 remake like it's meant to just be a story it's not really meant to have a, a continuing process. That's what the animated ver- animated version did. And it actually, for me personally, I liked it. But, like, I don't, in a story standpoint for the 2019 remake, it felt unnecessary. It really means that Disney is really, really desperate for money. Which is so funny, because they, like, donated, like, how many dollars to the Black Lives Matter Foundation again? Almost... 2 billion? No, not 2 billion. That sounds excessive. 2 million? So, and like, they're worried about that. And again, movies take a ton of time to make. And I get that. But at the same time, Disney should focus all that money in the animation department. Because animation is what actually got you out of the bankruptcy in the first place. So to just, like, I don't like it. Like, I don't like Disney doing sequels, okay? Like, you know what the 2010 decade was all about? Sequels and remakes and sequels and remakes. Yeah, some animated movies, but the majority of them were live-action sequels or remakes. And I'm like, Disney, just give us back animation. Come on, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. And I'm like, 
I'm like, like a lot of the live action kind of just does not work out. I mean, if anybody has seen Mulan yet, with Premiere Access, because it ain't free until December, then like it kind of caused a lot of controversy. Even if you guys try to fix it, and I'm like, this this is. BS already and I'm like just stop making these live action movies stop making these sequels I'm like like I really cannot stress this more about it Disney just needs a break from live action sequels and I get it you're trying to bring these up to the newer generation but everybody has Disney Plus now thank you to the success of Hamilton for literally bringing in a ton of Disney Plus members because of Hamilton because almost like half the world has Disney Plus now, except with selected countries because it's not available yet for whatever reason, nah, government, all that fun stuff. But like, almost everybody has Disney Plus now. Anybody can see these animated movies and like soak up what they kind of almost missed. Um, because you know, almost everybody who's a Disney fan is like either a '90s kid or not, and I'm like. Because of Disney Plus, everybody has access to both versions of the movie. So with that being said, Disney, just please stop making these live action remakes and movies and sequels and ugh. Now, I'm aware about the Lion King prequel, I guess. I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt here. Um apparently it's going to be the prequel to um the lion king so like when mufasa was like either a cub or a young adult i don't i don't know or like they're probably going to do a direct to version of lion king 2 simba's pride which please i mean it's a good movie but at the same time i'm just like uh no no, 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 no. Like, I'm sorry, but I cannot stand Kiara and Kovu together. Like, they look so similar. And, like, if they're going to use the same way they did the Lion King 2019 remake, then I'm dead. I'll just be dead. Because everyone knows by now, right, that the Lion King 2019 live-action remake is my least favorite Disney movie of the live-action series. Everyone knows that, right? Okay, good. So, yeah, like, if they're gonna do that route, which I'm just like, oh, heck no. You're taking my least favorite live-action Disney movie and then doing a sequel? I know I made about $1 billion, but come on. I can't believe Disney's that desperate for money. And I get it. They're not using, um... What's his name? John Favreau is the director anymore. They hired someone else new. Please. Uh, no, I'm not excited for it anymore. I'm not excited for any live-action Disney movie anymore. I am excited for the Disney movies to finally come up on Disney+. Plus. That way I can watch and critique them. And might I say, I think Cinderella is the best live-action Disney movie ever. Um, for a number of reasons. Which I will get to once I finally do my episode of comparing Cinderella 1950 to Cinderella 2015. So, stay tuned for that. But yeah, I like Cinderella 2015. Don't at me. 
Uh, I'm gonna get like a lot of hate for saying that, but uh, yeah, that's my opinion on it. So, um, I said before that uh, animation literally saved Disney from bankruptcy. I'm not wrong, <laughs> because thank you to the Little Mermaid, um, by Howard Ashman, R.I.P. to Howard Ashman. Um, because of the live action, not live action, although I'm, I'm not excited for the live action, um, Little Mermaid either, even though Lin-Manuel Miranda and Alan Macon are working together, one of my two favorite composers ever, um, Lin being my third, uh, Bob being, and Christian being my second, and Alan Macon being my first, I'm gonna say it out there, because I know people are gonna forget, um, yeah, so with those two together... I still don't have high hopes for that movie. I've seen the 2018 um, Little Mermaid Live, and I'm like, oh no. So, and I get it's Broadway, but like, uh, no. So, yeah, I'm not excited for any live action movie at all. But how does uh, this relate to Howard Ashman? Well, I said before, and I'll say this again, Howard Ashman literally saved Disney because he was like, let's mix Broadway and Disney together and see how that's going to go. Fortunately, it worked in his favor because, you know, the want song formula is a thing. And I'm like, no, yeah, that's pretty much it. Howard Ashman... Which, I saw the documentary Howard, which, by the way, is on Disney Plus right now. I am so not sponsored. I wish. But, yeah, I saw the documentary, and I was like, music, Disney, documentary, sign me up. And, um, you know, I kind of got a somewhat into a full glimpse of Howard's, Howard Ashman's life. Howard's life. Same thing, I think. Um... Yeah, and how that, um, even with all his troubles, he still found a way to, you know, have passion, uh, bring life to his work, which I loved very much because, you know, without, you know, him, the Disney company would just gone extinct and they should be thankful for Howard Ashman because without animation, without musicals, um, Disney would be dead, so... No, I got nothing more to say on that. Except, no, no, um, yeah. And I think, um, Howard Ashman, um, he really, 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 um, he kind of put Disney to work. Um, I mean, everybody knew that once Walt Disney died, Disney was kind of going on a panic frenzy. Um, by that, um, like... They were just in deep, deep, deep mud. Every single movie that they were animating kind of didn't really do well at all. Um, I'm trying to think of movies after Walt Disney died, but then I can't think at the top of my head right now. But, yeah. So, um, like, yeah, before The Little Mermaid... Actually, let me just search up Disney movies right now because this is what I get when I have the internet. Uh, so, um, yeah, while well, my internet is loading, 
Yeah, Howard Ashman really, really saved Disney. Um, because, like, the want song formula, which you don't know is what the main character sings, um, as their want, what, what do they desire, um, like, what's their main goal, not necessarily in life, but more specific to the movie. Some Disney examples are, um, Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid, um, Elsa's Let It Go, Elsa's Into the Unknown, why did I mention Elsa just now? I don't even know, um, you got Tangled's, um, When Will My Life Begin, you got Bell, Bell, the opening number, um, anything else that I'm missing out there from Hunchback of Notre Dame unless I'm wrong because I haven't seen that movie yet don't at me wait is it yeah Hunchback is out there right out there why do I feel like I sang that song wrong I mean you got Lion King um I can't wait to be king. Um, for Aladdin, it's if you're looking from the Broadway perspective, then uh, proud of your boy. If you're looking from the movie perspective, which I'm so sad they didn't do for the live action movie, um, Aladdin is uh, one jump reprise and all that fun stuff. Now, um, yes, so movies that were kind of bad uh, before little mermaid or at least when walt was around um i believe i don't think it's the aristocrats i could be wrong but um aristocrats robin hood many adventures of winnie the pooh rescuers the fox and the hound black cauldron which i would uh, well i haven't seen it yet so don't at me <laughs> and the great mouse detective oliver and company and then you know the little mermaid as always but uh yeah so there's that and i think because of the want song formula people just found a way to like resonate these characters really 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 well like they like it's really really relatable at the same time um at the same time like it it also like is the theme for that character and even in music too like you can hear the instrumental version of that song um within the score um little beats bits and pieces in there and i just love it i love the want song formula it actually helps disney in their success in a million ways and no really that's all i have to say on it because because of the want song formula disney kind of took advantage of that and you know became capitalism because I mean, have you seen how much money they're kind of making with the movies and Disney Plus subscription and Premiere Access and all that fun stuff? So I digress on that. (laughs) But yeah, I think Howard Ashman, I mean, yeah, he's a Disney legend, which they did after his death. Um, He was an amazing storyteller. He know exactly what to say. He knows what the character is feeling um and he kind of puts that to work with his words and 
I love it because all the songs that he writes are kind of relatable in some form or some form a way or another and I don't know just hearing just look okay in general looking into a person's life I find it really really interesting because you know a lot of people don't know what they're like people themselves know don't really know how much of a difference they actually put on people so to actually see the difference um that he actually made I don't know why he felt rewarding considering the fact that I'm not Howard Ashman and I'm kind of weird about it but like if he was here now he would probably say and no he would probably say that yes they're gonna do they're doing a good job already and they're not putting my work into waste i don't know why i'm saying like this I don't personally know him. People are probably going to call me a creep after this episode. What have I done to myself? Anyway. But yeah, just like... Seeing his work, and then, you know, Disney took advantage of it. Already, he kind of made a difference. He literally saved a failing company from bankruptcy. Do I really need to say more? And just with Alan Menken's melodies and composition, just made it even better for me. Um, my personal favorite Howard Ashman song, um, which is funny enough, not from Aladdin. I wish, but like he only wrote three songs from Aladdin. And none of them are relatable to me because I think he wrote... Um, Arabian Nights, Friend Like Me, I think Proud of Your Boy, but then Disney being Disney, they were like, nope, we need to delete this, and I'm like, well, that's sad in more ways than one. Um, I'm trying to figure out what other song he wrote, because I know he wrote three, well, four. Um, Oh, what is wrong with me? Like, it's my favorite movie and I don't know anything. Oh, uh... oh, yeah, he wrote Arabian Nights, Friend Like Me, and Prince Ali. Wait, was he the writer that did a bunch of words? Nope, that was the Sherman Brothers. My bad. Ha <laughs> I'm getting my knowledge all mixed up. Oh no. But yeah, that's all I really, really, really have to say on that. Um Yeah, Powered Ashman. Really, really, really great lyricist. Now I remember what I was supposed to say. What is my favorite Howard Ash? Ashman written song 
of all time. Um, which, funny enough, is not from Aladdin. Um, because I can't really relate to Prince Ali. I, I'm not a prince, per se. Um, friend like me, um, Broadway and jazz vibes immediately. And Arabian Nights, best opener ever. You can fight me. Um, although Fathoms Below is pretty, it's also a pretty good opening too. But my favorite song out of all Howard Ashman is Disneyland. Yes, you heard that correctly. Disneyland. Disneyland is an actual song. Um, let's see. So, Disneyland is from this musical Smile, which is considered a lost musical because no one really references it anymore, which is pretty, 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 pretty sad. Um, so, yeah. So, Smile, um... Is a musical, a lost musical, because again, no one talks about it anymore, which is really, 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 really sad. Also, um, if I burped, I'm sorry. Also, um, it did not have a official Broadway soundtrack. So of course you're going to dub it as lost because we have no idea where the recordings are at. I mean, it would be nice for Jodie Benson to sing... Disneyland on the podcast but I'm broke so what are you gonna do about it but yeah I love Disneyland the song um it kind of relates to what I'm feeling right now with Disneyland still still closed I hate the fact that California has the highest COVID um COVID rankings ever next to Florida and maybe New York. I don't know. But I just love Disneyland. It represents what we are feeling right now as Disney fans. Waiting to go back to the parks again. Waiting for the magic to happen to us again. And I like it. (laughs) I know it's not a lot to say about it. But I love it. I love the lyrics that go with it. I love the melody that goes with it. Um, the music is uh, composed by Marvin Hamillisk. I I could be wrong. And of course, the lyrics are from Howard Ashman, to where I say, you captured Disneyland pretty well. Um, the song with, like, you know, Magic Carpet and Disneyland and Anaheim and all, all that fun stuff. And I'm like... And when I first heard the song Disneyland via the documentary, I was like, this is a really good song. And why has Disney not have the rights to it yet? I mean, they did for their 60th anniversary. Um, I believe it was used as an outro song for um, the World of Color for their 60th anniversary. I could be wrong. But, uh, no, yeah, that's pretty much it. And, um, yeah, like, something about Smile, I'd, I love it so much because it, it, it's really, really simple. Really, I mean, by pitch, it's high, but it's very, very, very simple. It talks about hopes and dreams and trying to go to the most magical place on Earth. 
I mean, really, what more can you ask for in a song? And also, like, that song should be the anthem of all Disney fans right now. Please, anyone that works for Disney, please, um, you know, make that your national anthem. It's literally called Disneyland. Do I really need to say more than that? I don't know. Maybe it's just the me thing. And I'm going to wrap it up now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Lone Wolf podcast. Um, Next week, we'll be a, having a conversation. So look forward to that. Um, You can follow me on all my social medias. On Instagram at the underscore lone underscore wolf. Why am I saying wolf? The underscore learn. Okay, guys, give me a minute here. The underscore lone underscore nerd underscore 26 on freaking Instagram. Please follow me. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at lonewolfnerd on Twitter. Help me get verified on both these social media accounts. Please and thank you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about the podcast or me, because let's just face it, a lot of people might have concerns about me. Which is fine. I get that. Please, um, helpful critiques, all that fun stuff. Please and thank you. If you want your voice to be heard, want to give me an ego boost, want to say a controversial topic that you're too scared to do so, whatever the case may be, if you just want to say something in general, my voice messages link will be always be linked down below because I need audio. <laughs> Varilla, I need content and... Yeah, with that being said, I will howl at you guys later, and please stay safe.